feel that way. In fact, the majority of people feel that way. The truth is, we were all sold this great lie that being part of a silent majority was something we should be proud of. Being a silent majority allowed a very loud, angry group of people to control everything. And problem there is, that small group of people, they're communists. I say that myself as someone who's the son of a Cuban refugee who had to flee communism. I know the reality of how important the American dream is. I know how quickly we can lose freedom. And that's why this is our last stand. I'm your host, Robbie Starbuck, and I'm going to be diving deep on the issues and people that matter so that together we can save the American dream and once again become a loud majority that steers the direction of this country. If you're with me and you want to spread truth and wake up the masses, you're in the right place. Together, one piece of truth at a time, we can save America. Hey, everybody, I'm back. Uh, we just had a great weekend, my wife and I. Uh, we were on our anniversary, 15 years married. Um, this is us, many of you guys know my wife, Landon. Um, so I'm gonna show you guys a little bit about our anniversary. We went uh, out to Chattanooga and we stayed in one of these mirror cabins. They are amazing. It was so cool. And uh, there's the happy couple, 15 years married, and we're still smiling. Her like halfway smiling. I think I'm smiling a little bit more, but extremely lucky. Um, I burnt some pizza. That was fun. You can see it. I tried to make a pizza. You can see the burnt crust there if you zoom in. Hopefully nobody zooms in. But it was a lot of fun. And I just got to say there is nothing more rewarding in life than being married and having a family. It's just the most beautiful thing that you can possibly do as a man. And I hope that that's something that our country gears back towards culturally is is men valuing this and, and really taking it in and, and loving everything that it's made of. Now it's time to jump into the breaking news. So here we go. Breaking news is that Mike Pence now has come forward with classified documents that he has found at his home. This is on the heels of Joe Biden being caught with even more classified documents. No shocker here. Everybody knew there was more documents, and now we see that the feds are weighing whether or not to seek searches of more Biden properties. They've recovered more and more documents. If you get into exactly how they word this, it was very tricky. They said they found six more in this FBI DOJ search that they did of Biden's home. But in fact, there's actually far more than that. If you read the way that they worded it, they said it was with a bunch of notes as well. Those notes, when they're paired with classified documents, are often then themselves classified. So that's going to become a question in you know coming days is how many of these documents are there still out there? And until the feds go and raid every one of his properties, we really don't know. And here's the truth. Nobody wants to talk about this, but the truth is that Obama's got these documents. Bush has got these documents. Clinton has got these documents. This is not unique. Okay. What's unique is that the federal government tried to weaponize these classified documents to take down Trump. They tried to do it because they wanted to get rid of Trump and make sure he couldn't run in 2024. That is what is unique about the classified document story. Um, I think all of this is par for the course. We should expect it. And Pence coming out with these documents should not surprise anybody. Now, a little piece of information may have slipped by in all this controversy about the documents. Jack Posobiec, my buddy, put this up. Sure would be a shame if those classified Biden documents at his house contained troop movements from Operation Enduring Freedom and Operation Inherent Resolve. Um, he mentions this because for no reason whatsoever, he says, um, and that's not Jack. He knows, he knows what's going on. Okay, Jack knows exactly what's going on. 
it containing troop movements actually takes things to a different level. And that is one of the rare occasions where this would actually be a major, major problem because there's a lot of reasons that things are classified, a lot of which are questionable to say the least. But something like troop movements is truly a national security threat and, you know, lets us in, um, you know, on things that we shouldn't be sharing with enemies, you know, like uh, sources and methods when it comes to where we're getting this information. So this could be potentially dangerous. And, you know, I thought this was interesting. I saw this clip. I'm going to play it for you all. <clears throat> Biden's uh, spokesperson was asked about these documents and asked are there more documents potentially? Let's see what he had to say. Um, are there any possibilities that there are documents at other locations owned or used by President Biden in the past? So the president's personal lawyers and DOJ are in communication and they're making sure that they're coordinated on the next steps of this investigation. Look, we're going to be really careful not to talk about potential future steps and developments in the investigation itself because we respect the independence of DOJ to conduct this thoroughly and fairly on their own accord. And so I'm just not going to get ahead of that process in questions like you know what else happened right after that? Something very curious. This is what happened among, you know, all these searches going on and the documents crisis. What is this? Ron Klain, President Biden's chief of staff, is stepping down. OK, this has been confirmed. It's not expected. He is going to step down. He is resigning. Um, and I love the way I love the way they frame this in a rare moment of high level turnover in an administration that's been remarkably stable. I'm sorry, stable is not the word I would use to describe the Biden administration or the Democratic Party. In fact, we're going to get to some of that unstableness later in the show because there is some wild information to share with people that is almost unbelievable, but it's got receipts. OK, now let's check, though. Who's going to replace Ron Klain? Because the secret in D.C. for quite a while, as you know, you hear a lot of people say, who is the real president? Because Joe Biden, this guy, is all over the place. He's got all these problems. He's seriously cognitively impaired. The guy can barely walk up a pair of stairs. And the truth is, you know, yes, he has his problems. And yes, he's still very much a part of all the evil we've seen going on. But Ron Klain has been the person central to everything we've seen come down the pipe from this White House. So who's replacing him is very important. So let's take a look at who it is. This guy, Jeff Zients, who's replacing Ron Klain. Let's see, why is that name familiar to me? Huh. Let's see, where, where oh. The unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that guy? That's Joe Biden's new chief of staff who's going to be replacing Ron Klain. The guy talking about the winter of death that was coming for all of us, scary unvaccinated people. Yeah, it never came. Didn't materialize. I bet he's one of those people that I would suspect is kind of upset about that reality that the winter of death never happened for us. And in fact, now, as we're going to get into later in the show, there's many problems across the board when it comes to those who actually did get the you know what. OK, so we're about to get into that in a minute as well. Before we do, though, there is a big story came out yesterday, developing still today that we need to talk about. We're going to get into the mass shootings as well. So let's jump into this one, though. This is very interesting. Retired top FBI counterintelligence agent who led the Trump Russia probe arrested for his own ties to a Russian oligarch. Charles McGonagall 
was charged with breaking the break, breaking U.S. sanctions against Russia and money laundering, among other things. Okay, this is what he looks like for those of you wondering. Um, this is the guy who headed up a large portion of Russiagate, the witch hunt to connect Trump and say that Trump was part of Russian collusion. This man now stands accused of taking secret cash payoffs, opening FBI inquiries on political opponents, selling FBI arranged access to U.S. officials and more. OK, this is bad, really bad. And what should be the most embarrassing for the FBI is that if you really break this down to the simplest level, what you're actually saying is while the FBI was investigating President Trump for colluding with Russia, the FBI was in fact colluding with Russia. Do you wrap that one around your head? They were colluding with Russia. The person the FBI put in charge of this entire witch hunt to try to kneecap President Trump and his ability to be effective when he was in office from 2016 to 2020. Are we all following here? They were in league with the Russians. Okay, now let's let's go even further here. Let's check this video out. We've got one. And for those of you who don't remember, we just had an FBI episode in our pre-taped about a week and a half ago. And it was a whistleblower from the FBI who was breaking down the corruption, politicization. And you see this story, and it was the first thing I thought of is how poignant that interview with that FBI special agent whistleblower was in terms of how destructive and poisoned the root of this tree is. This is what the reality is. You know, I'm getting tired of hearing that it's a few bad apples. The reality is, it seems like there's a rotten apple tree at the top of the FBI, not a couple of bad apples. It seems like the tree is poisoned at the top of the FBI. Yes, there's agents at the bottom who are doing good work, but the truth is a lot of them are being put in positions that are compromising their own values. We saw that in the whistleblower episode this last week, and I think if you haven't seen that, it's worth a watch because he really gets into how these agents are being treated, what types of things they're being asked to do, and how it may violate their values. I think it's important that we actually investigate these things and that, you know, the new church committee that they're talking about, I think, is is capable of actually doing that. So let's go to a video real quick. This is about the FBI uh, corruption. More breaking case. news this morning. A former top FBI official in the Bureau's New York office has been arrested. Four senior law enforcement sources say Charles McGonigal faces charges related to violating Russian sanctions and money laundering. Back with me are Justice and Intelligence Correspondent Ken Delanian and Frank Fagluzzi, a national security analyst for us. Um, Ken, McGonagall here is the former head of counterintelligence for the New York City office. He's due in federal court later today in Manhattan. What do we know and what more could we learn? This is a massive and shocking case, Lindsay. We're still going through the details of this news release from the U.S. Attorney in the Southern District of New York. But McGonagall was arrested over the weekend, we're reporting, and he's facing five counts related to business dealings after he left the FBI in 2018 with a Russian oligarch named Oleg Deripaska, uh, who he had some role in investigating while he was inside the FBI. So this is just a huge, huge black eye, a whiff of corruption here with a former 
senior FBI official, the, the, the head of counterintelligence in the New York office, as Frank Fugluzzi can tell you, is a very important spy hunting job where you're dealing with many counterintelligence officials' uh, issues involving Russia and China. And so he left that job. He began doing business with Russian oligarchs, according to these allegations, and is now charged with money laundering and conspiring to help these oligarchs evade Russia sanctions. So a really big deal, a shocking blow to the FBI today, Lindsay. Um, Frank, uh, we'll go ahead and give you the floor here. Get, help give us the context of just how big this is. This is a punch to the gut uh, for those of us who... So question, is everybody seeing that those same media people on MSNBC who called us crazy because we said there was a deep state, how how incredibly insane they actually are to have denied that there's a deep state. It's very clear that it exists. I don't think anybody can responsibly deny that at this point. I mean, you look at just fundamental reality we're all experiencing. You look at these cases that are occurring right now, and it's not something you can deny. This is staring us right in the face. It doesn't take going back even in history and looking at all of the mass shootings, all of the mass attacks that have happened that the FBI was warned about and didn't stop. It doesn't take looking into the seedy corruption under behind the curtain when it comes to child exploitation and CCM. It doesn't take any. You just look at what's happening right now, this week, and it's very clear that this tree has poisonous roots. And until we deal with that and we get away from the excuses saying, oh, just one bad apple, we're going to be in the same position over and over and over again. It's time we, we have that talk and we really get to the point where we're, we're not making excuses anymore about these things. Now, we've got another horrible story happened over the weekend, and this is that uh, seven were killed in a shooting in Half Moon Bay. This was actually yesterday. And we've got another one as well. There were two shootings, another one in Monterey. Okay. So we're going to be discussing both of these um, because there's, there's honestly just a lot of, a lot of very bizarre things happening here. Okay. First of all, California has some of the strictest gun laws in the country, strictest gun laws in the country. The shooter in Monterey used an illegal gun per California's gun laws. You know, it's almost like these gun laws don't actually work. And so, you know, I did some digging, and I think it's something that people should know. I looked up some of the safest places in the country. There's 17 between these two lists. I cross-referenced to see gun ownership rates. These places... The safest in the entire country also have the highest rates of gun ownership. Also have the highest rates of gun ownership. More guns, yet they're the safest, among the safest in the country. Explain that if you're a California Democrat passing gun control laws and dealing with mass violence still. I thought they said guns were the problem. If guns are the problem, your gun control laws should be fixing it. No? Well, they're not. And the reason why is because guns are not the problem. 
We've had the same guns for over 60 years. Yes, even those AR-15s that Democrats hate. Those have been getting sold to civilians since the 1960s. People didn't used to go around committing mass murder on a regular basis. This was not a normal thing to do. But yet now it is. We have to ask ourselves, what changed? If it wasn't the guns, what was it? And the truth is we've changed. Human beings have changed here in America. Not just here in America, but this is our country and the place we need to take responsibility. Our culture is consumed with death. Evil is celebrated while good is demonized. We elevate sex, drugs, violence on a daily basis to our children, and then we wonder why we live in such a violent country. Do we really need to wonder? We destroyed our culture. We allowed the destruction of the family unit to occur. We allowed the state to undermine the authority of parents. We watched and did nothing while God was ripped away from children, ripped away from families, ripped away from our education system, replaced with a secular authority where morals constantly change. And we end up at the point we're in now. Now kids go to schools where they're actively taught the sexual pleasure is something that kids should be learning about. That they should be in pleasure-based programs. We're going to talk about that later in the show too, from Planned Parenthood, who receives over $600 million from our tax money. And this is what they're taking into our kids' schools. In fact, you know what? We're going to go ahead and jump ahead real quick. I want to show you guys some of this lunacy that's going on, okay? This is Planned Parenthood, quote, sex educator teaching how minors can acquire spicy toys or substitute with vegetables. I mean, it's so disgusting, I almost don't even want to read it. But the truth is, Fox News is wrong here on one thing. This is not a sex educator. This is a groomer. This is somebody who is going far beyond any sort of simple sex ed or sexual education. In this, quote, education that she's teaching, she teaches kids how to buy sex toys without their parents knowing what to do with them. I'm sure you can imagine. I don't think I need to go much further. So this same organization, Planned Parenthood, that employs her, that we give $600 million to on a yearly basis from our tax dollars. I want you to keep that in mind as I'm going through this. They also helped fund something called the Rainbow Room. It's a club founded or funded by Planned Parenthood, rather. They partner with teachers to offer support for discussing topics related to LGBTQ in school. Here's a photo from one of their programs. Kids are pictured playing with sex toys and simulated sex acts. If you can't tell that there on the floor is a sex toy and some of the topics they're talking about, you can see here in this picture, it's zoomed in a little, uh, little grainy, but I think you get the gist of it. But this is what we're paying for. When this is your culture, what do you expect to happen? Civilizations are destroyed when you destroy cultures, you destroy the family, and you destroy everything moral and good. When you remove God, 
this is what happens. When you remove morality, this is what happens. Yes, it is possible to have innate morality and not be religious, totally possible. But on a mass scale, those individual cases of somebody being innately moral without a religious foundation are the exception, not the rule. That's why all of these structures are so important. It's why in history you see civilizations break down when exactly these things happen. They're saved when people stand up and they make sure that they do everything possible to prevent this type of destruction. That's why we're at where we're at with these mass shootings. And I want to bring something up here. This is a video from the LAS uh, CD sheriff here. Um, he's not the LAPD sheriff, LAS, LAS CD sheriff. So I think it's countywide here on this. This was after the mass shooting there. Here's what he had to say about gun violence. Gun violence needs to stop. There's too much of it. Uh, we're all standing here tonight because uh, an individual uh, took a weapon and did the damage that we've talked about without repeating it. I, I think all of us uh, uh, need to take some ownership there. I think we really need to go back and, and look at what we do. Uh, California has some of the strictest gun laws in the country, but yet look what we just had today. So let's look at across our nation, see what works and what doesn't. But I could tell you this, the status quo is not working. So we need to re-examine uh, what we're doing and what may work better. And I hope that this tragedy doesn't just go on a long list of many others that we don't even talk about until the next one comes up. We're still in the. All right, so I want to make sure we hear the most critical part of that. So let me pull this up. This is what the sheriff said, the LASD uh, Sheriff Robert Luna. California has some of the strictest gun laws in the country, but yet look at what we just had today. Let's look across our nation, see what works and what doesn't. I could tell you this, the status quo is not working. Correct. Because again, like I said, when guns are not the problem and culture is, any law you make isn't going to change anything. And I've talked about this till I'm blue in the face. The people who say, well, why, why can't we be like Australia? Why can't we be like the UK? It's very simple. Okay. It's very simple. Australia and the UK never had over 300 million guns in circulation. They didn't have the Second Amendment, okay? When you don't have any weapons to that degree in the first place, the idea of gun confiscation is not something that you're going to have extreme pushback on. Here in America, if the Democratic Party tried, and they know this, to confiscate over 300 million weapons from civilian hands, and by the way, that's a low-end estimate. It could be as much as 500 million weapons in civilian hands. On the low end, it's 300. They know exactly what would happen. It would be chaos and horror, the likes of which none of us want to see. Okay? I live in reality where that's the case. 
And here's the truth that a lot of you, you know, very snowflakey sort of folks on the left don't want to take in. And I hope you listen. I carry every day and you are safer because of it. I go into, let's say a grocery store, you're shopping. Some madman comes in, starts shooting. I'm your only line of defense. Me and anybody else who's carrying in the store, which sadly with the problems that we have going on today with the lack of men standing up is not as many as it should be. But I'm your last line of defense. If you're there with your child, you were defenseless. It's going to be five minutes till the police get there. Your only hope is that somebody like me is carrying and is willing to put themselves between you and the crazed guy with a gun. Because guess what? Doesn't matter what gun law you pass. Criminals who are willing to murder you are not concerned with following a gun law. Period. There's not one out there who's worried about it. The only thing these laws do is disarm law-abiding citizens. In fact, a good number of my guns would be illegal under California law. I live in Tennessee, though. So my guns are legal here, but not there. Think about that. The only person who would go and follow this law is somebody like me who's law-abiding in California who doesn't want to go to jail because their gun has the wrong attachment. I mean, things like that. That's silly. It's time we get real about this problem. These gun laws are not going to fix this. Our culture changing is what is going to fix this. Our mental health issues being solved as a country is what we are going to see become the real fix for this problem. Okay? Now, if you don't believe we have a mental health problem, then let me go ahead and play you guys a video real quick, and, and maybe I'll disabuse you of that notion. I think most of you guys understand we have a, a mental health problem, but just, just in case you're not exactly sure about us having one, let me go ahead and play you a video. Fun Starbucks gun that wears pronoun pins. I expect customers to read these, but no one does. No one does. Seven years of retail and customer service has taught me that no one reads signs. They're purely for liability. So these ended up being purely for me to point at and be like, yo, actually, I'll use these. And yeah, it's led to some bad reactions. Gotten my supervisor involved a few times. I held a report actually once. But yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I can only get away with it because I have the support of staff. Please don't make me play more of these videos, okay? It's very clear that we have a mental health crisis. That person has a mustache and is upset at customers because they won't use she, her pronouns. Come on. We've lost our way. And we will continue to lose our way until we recognize this. I know that YouTube may ban me for this. I don't care. I really don't. I don't care anymore. If you're the YouTube censor, you're watching this video, somebody reported me, go ahead and ban me. Because until people stop caring about silly things like that and start caring about standing up and telling the truth, we're in big trouble. So as long as we have the ability to tell the truth, we better tell it. So share this. If you don't feel like sharing this because you, you don't like the way I talk or something, you go make a video. Go, go, go share the truth. 
tell the truth unabashedly, unashamedly, be a truth teller. Because we are headed somewhere none of us want to go if we don't. And I'm saying that as the child of a refugee from a communist country who saw this firsthand. My family saw this firsthand. We do not want to go to this place. But that's where we're headed if we don't fix this. And let me let me just disabuse people again of the notion that Democrats just want common sense gun control or common sense gun laws, whatever new verbiage they've decided to roll out for this, okay? They don't. That's never been what they wanted. What they wanted was a process of normalization to normalize the idea of confiscating weapons from law-abiding citizens, okay? Quote, common sense gun laws was just step one. Actually, really, their background check push was step one, then common sense gun laws. And then now, where have we moved on to? Well, let's take a look what uh, Gavin Gruesome Newsome Mussolini said just yesterday. Let's see what he had to say. I mean, the, the Second Amendment's becoming a suicide pack, it feels like. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah. and that's the only question the community wants. How do you get what about, I mean, what about our kids? Are they going to school? Um, what more can we do? And, you know. Did you catch that? He said the Second Amendment is becoming a suicide pact. Those are the words of a man who has dropped the mask. He's no longer pretending that he and the Democratic Party only want, quote, common sense gun control or common sense gun laws to fix the mass shooting crisis because his policies are failing in real time. The whole world sees it. It's laid bare for everyone to see. These gun control laws do not work. So what is his answer? It's not to say, well, we tried. We were wrong. These laws aren't working. We still have the mass shooting problem. So back to square one. Maybe let's deal with the mental health problem. Maybe let's deal with the homelessness problem in our state. Maybe let's deal with the underlying issues that create violence. Maybe let's deal with the culture and stop celebrating death, sex, drugs, violence at every turn. No, he didn't do that. Instead, he's moved on. He's moved on to the next step in their normalization process getting people primed for the idea of total confiscation of guns in America. It's sort of similar to the way they did it when it came to privacy. Do you remember people saying, well, if you don't have anything to hide, you shouldn't be worried about the government spying on people. How many people bought that? And now where did we end up? In a surveillance state where everything's being watched. Does it make you feel safer? Does it make me feel safer? Just like those words out of Gavin Newsom's mouth don't make me feel any safer. In fact, it makes me feel like going out and buying more guns, more ammo, if I'm being perfectly honest. Because that's where we're headed is a future where tyrants like Gavin Newsom are empowered to go out and try to steal our rights one by one by one by one. And you know who will help him do it? Clapping seals like Geraldo Rivera, who, let's just say, is undereducated when it comes to guns. Let's take a look at what he thinks AR-15 means. It, it makes, makes macho the people who possess it. Oh, look at me. I'm a big deal. It's rifle. And, and it's, it's not a rifle, Yes, it's Greg. a rifle. It's a, it is a machine. What does AR stand it is, for? It is, it is, it is a, a automatic rifle. 
No, that's not what it is. Well, I, all I know is that AR-15s have no place in okay. American society other than sport clubs. Okay. And I agree with him on that. I also think, uh, ironically, that we do need uh, more IRS agents if they say we need more. All you know is very little, Geraldo, and that's very clear. I think most people by now are aware that AR does not stand for assault rifle. It doesn't stand for assault, you know, anything. It's Armalite. That's that's who makes it. Okay. And it, this this is the thing. You know, when you have politicians willing to lie about everything, they lie about everything. Let's just let's take for example the way they selectively use our founding documents to suit their purposes. Okay. Kamala Harris was talking about abortion just yesterday. And what did she do? She misquoted founding documents of our country to remove the word life. Take a look. A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Isn't that interesting? She remembered the liberty and pursuit of happiness part of the Declaration of Independence, but she didn't remember our right to life. It's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what's actually in the Declaration of Independence. She omitted it because it didn't suit what she wanted. She does not want babies to have the right to live. She wants that to be subjective. She wants people to be able to choose to kill babies. So she removed the word. This is the Orwellian future we're moving into and are already in. But it's only going to get worse as long as people avoid the truth. It's why I've said so many times that a silent majority is the single most dangerous thing we can be. Because a silent majority allows a very loud, small group of people to control absolutely everything. And they do. I'm going to give you an example of one of those people in just a moment. But first, when you look at this violence problem that we have, I want to put it in perspective. Okay? They say that AR-15s are the worst thing in the world. Democrats talk about it all the time. Why don't they talk about fentanyl? Look at these numbers. The FBI's last report on mass violence 662 people were killed with hands, fists, or feet during a 12-month period. And during that same 12-month period, 455 Americans were killed with a rifle. During that same 12-month period, that's the total for the entire 12 months for all rifles, not just AR-15s, but AR-15s are included in that rifle number, okay? So part of that is AR-15s. During the last 12 months recorded by the CDC, 110,000 people plus were killed overdosing on fentanyl. Why is that not talked about by the Democratic Party? Why is one? Because I guarantee you, if you poll test this right now out to the public at large, people who, you know, there's a lot of people out there who they pay casual attention to politics, okay? Which one would they think is killing more people if you ask them? I guarantee you that a majority or at least a plurality believe that it is mass shootings, when in fact the numbers are not even close. Not even close. In fact, more people, like I said, are killed with hands, fists, and feet than AR-15s in our country.
And yet Democrats spend an inordinate amount of time talking about getting rid of AR-15s. Why? It's not because they care. It's because the media is able to sensationalize killings with AR-15s. It's why the minute there's a mass shooting, they want to know the gun. Because they want to specifically attack that gun. Because they see that as the Overton window shift they need. If they can convince enough Americans that an AR-15 looks scary enough or is dangerous enough, that is step one in their war to continue to confiscate and take guns from law-abiding citizens. It gets Democrat politicians TV time, fundraising dollars, and more follows. They're incentivized within their little structure they've built to continue to make AR-15s the problem instead of the stuff that's killing over 100,000 Americans. Something we should all be able to agree on. Something that doesn't violate our constitutional rights. So why don't they? I think more people need to ask themselves that question. If they really cared about American citizens dying, why do they vote against every single policy proposal made that would stop fentanyl from coming into our country via Chinese Communist Party members and their allies or Mexican drug cartels? Why do they continually allow this? Why are they on the side of open borders and allowing this to come through? It's very clear. None of this should be in dispute in any way. Okay, now let's jump ahead. Let's take a look at this. Juvenile crime went up, okay? Juvenile violent crime went up in the US. That shouldn't be a surprise, again, because culture is the problem. Access to guns did not go up among juveniles, but our culture changed. And then let's take a look in our own Congress here. The son of Democrat House Minority Whip Catherine Clark, who is second in command in the Democratic Party, was just arrested for assaulting a cop during a Boston Antifa event, okay? Her son. Take a look. According to Boston Police Department, at about 9.30 p.m., officers responded to a protest at Parkman Bandstand Monument located in Boston Common. Upon arrival, officers observed an individual defacing a monument with spray paint tagging No Cop City and ACAB, which stands for All Cops Are Bastards. Authorities stated uh, the phrases are commonly utilized by anti-police Antifa activists, including the ones riding in the Atlanta, quote unquote, autonomous zone right now. Okay. He interfered with the arrest of an individual and assaulted a police officer. Why do we remember Catherine Clark? Because Back in December, she talked about how her child woke up with nightmares over climate change. Well, this is her child, and this is who he grew up into. And interestingly enough, here's how she responded to it. Last night, my daughter was arrested in Boston. I love Riley, and it's very difficult time in the cycle of joy and pain of parenting, blah, 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 blah. Her daughter. Okay, I want to show you her this is her daughter. No, no, not not the older lady on the side there. That's her. The, the, the young man there. That's who she's referring to as her daughter. Okay? That is what leftism does to people. This is what her son looks like now. She calls her daughter. Okay? This is what this does to people. 
This is related. A 1991 study, 53% of mothers of boys with gender identity disorder had borderline personality disorder or depression. That is not a mistake. And it's also not a mistake that our medical industry refuses to look into it because our medical industry is entirely bought and paid for corrupt as can be. Look no further than what's gone on during COVID. Elon Musk just came out this past weekend and said he suffered vaccine injury, having major side effects from his second booster shot. He felt like dying, dying for several days, hoping that he has no permanent damage, but he's not sure. And his cousin, who's young and in peak health, had a serious case of myocarditis and had to go to the hospital. People ask me, Robbie, why do you care so much about this issue? You're unvaccinated, you're healthy. Shouldn't you just be happy, take the W, walk away? I can't walk away from people who are hurt. And you know who matters? This type of person matters. This is a VAERS report, a six-month-year-old child who was vaccinated with five different vaccines on the same day, one of which is a combo shot with multiple vaccines. So we're actually talking about seven in the same day. And you know what happened to that little boy? He died. He died four days later after struggling from the moment of that vaccination, progressively getting worse until he died. And what happens? A VAERS report? That's not enough. It's not enough for me. I don't think a VAERS report is going to solve the problem. And meanwhile, these big pharmaceutical companies are raising their prices. Take a look at that. Moderna has said it will likely charge $130 for its COVID vaccine. Taxpayers, that's you and me, through the U.S. government, gave $2.5 billion to develop the Moderna vaccine. It was entirely funded by taxpayers, and it only cost $3 to produce, but they're now marking it up to $130 per vaccine. Make it make sense. This is why we see young people turning to socialism. They see something like that and it's so deeply corrupt, they believe that that is the root and heart of capitalism when in fact, it is the root of a Marxist group of individuals trying to run our planet into the ground. They're doing this on purpose to divide the people. It couldn't be clear. If you look at everything going on, the lies told to us constantly. We have thousands of people dying every week across the world. Here's just the UK reporting today. 3,000 more Brits than usual are dying each week in excess deaths. And they refuse to investigate these things. They refuse to tell the people the truth. And the people who do tell the truth are treated like conspiracy theorists. But you know what? I'm not even offended anymore. Because it's been very clear that those of us that were called conspiracy theorists are the only ones who've been willing to tell the truth. While the legacy media goes further and further into the shadows and the whole of lies that they've built themselves, the people don't want this wokeness, okay? That in itself is very clear. I mean, you look at things like this, it's just lunacy after lunacy after lunacy. Aretha Franklin's song, Natural Woman, is deemed offensive to some trans person. And so what do they want? I mean, I don't even care that they're offended by it. Be offended all day long. Knock yourself out. Not my business. You want to be offended by me? Be offended. I don't care. Be offended by Aretha Franklin. I mean, it's one of the craziest things I've ever heard, but go for it. Knock yourself out. But then to have the gall to ask Apple and Spotify to pull Aretha Franklin's songs? We're in the twilight zone. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. We're in the twilight zone where Bill Gates owns the most farmland in America and is invested in eliminating eggs because he's got these 
egg substitutes that he owns, where mummies are offensive now. When are we going to say that the insanity has, has just gotten to a point where enough is enough? We have major media outlets defending places like the YMCA. Either been a misconception or people are just forgetting about is that Wood has fully transitioned into a woman and was in the woman's bathroom. Yeah, that's right, Wale. In fact, she says she is a woman and she really wants to drive home the fact that she transitioned over five years ago um, and that, you know, she she is a, she is a woman and, and she says she's a woman, period. And yeah. that's where it ends. Absolutely. And let's transition ourselves into the other side of the story, that 17-year-old girl. What are we hearing from her? Yeah, interestingly enough, I did not see Rebecca Phillips here last night at the protest, and I have tried to get in touch with her. I left a message yesterday at her workplace, but I have not had a, a phone call back. Certainly, we would like to speak to her, but... Did you catch that? you guys remember that story from last week about the YMCA, a 17-year-old girl who had a biological male walk in on her when she's in the locker room and stare at her while she was undressed? She's now being treated like a pariah, treated like she's the problem. 17-year-old girl who just wants the privacy to be able to change without somebody born with a penis staring at her. That doesn't seem like too much to ask. So what did the media do? They went out and they didn't just go looking for comment. They went to her workplace. They called her workplace. That's how sick these people are. You know, some people used to scoff at the idea of calling them the enemy of the people in mainstream media. But how could you not when they are going and calling and harassing a 17-year-old girl at her workplace because she was uncomfortable by a biological male staring at her while she was undressed at the YMCA and frightened by the idea of a biological male doing the same thing to her younger sister. Communities should rally around people like this. And many of them do, but the media doesn't. The media rallies around the biological male and tells people, we really need to stress. They, they're, they're, they're a woman. They say they're a woman. We need to stress that. Why, why do you need to stress that? I say I'm a unicorn. doesn't make it true. I mean, maybe it does to the media now. Maybe they think that that makes it true. If I just say I'm a unicorn, I'm magically a unicorn. But to me, you know, call me crazy. It doesn't. Now, I'll go to a tiny piece of good news here. You may have remembered uh, the NHL player who refused to wear a Pride jersey on uh, Pride night. Let's see. Uh, here he is, Ivan Provorov. His jersey is now completely sold out on the NHL shop and Fanatic, although I'm not sure the best response to the NHL going woke is to buy jerseys from them. I'm still going to say I'll count this as good news simply because it shows people are sick of the wokeness, sick of being shoved down their throat every step of the way that they need to live this insane ideology that requires groupthink at all times. He stood up for religious freedom and he's being rewarded for it. But I want to point out somebody else. EJ Hrodick. You probably have never heard of this guy. Maybe you have if you're in the NHL, but he's the senior reporter for the NHL. Why does that matter? Well, let's take a look at what he said about that hockey player, because this flew under the radar. And I think people need to hear it because this is what the media actually thinks about anybody who steps out of line and does not do what they demand be done. And Ivan Provorov can get on a plane any day he wants and go back to a place where he feels more comfortable, take less money, and get on with his life that way. If it's that 
problematic for him. And he's been in North America for a long time. He played in the Western Hockey League. He's now been in Philadelphia for many years. If this is that much of a problem for him to maybe assimilate into his group of teammates and in the community and here in this country, that's okay. Listen, you can feel any way you want. But the beauty is, if it bothers you that much, there's always a chance to leave, go back where you feel more comfortable. I understand there's a conflict of sorts going on over there. Maybe get involved. So, I... I yeah, he really actually said that. If you didn't catch that, he said that Ivan Provorov should go back to Russia and go fight in the Ukraine war because he won't put on a pride jersey that the woke people at the NHL demanded he wear, which is essentially going and endorsing something that is entirely against his religion. He said he's Russian Orthodox. He's entitled to his religious beliefs. Doesn't matter where you stand on gay rights. He is an individual, an American, and is entitled to those rights. And by the way, yes, I said American. He's been here since he was 13. But you've got some woke Democrat NHL journalist, journalist saying, send him back to Russia. Let's make him fight in a war where he could die because he won't do what we demand he do. Think about that. Think about how sick that is. Now, do you really think that somebody like that reporter would have any problem sending people to a gulag? That's how the horrors of the past came to be. People like this. No, no, they wouldn't do it themselves. They wouldn't actually walk you to the gulag. They wouldn't actually watch over you there. But they would consent to it. And they would use every lever of power to ensure that the people that they put in charge of doing so did their job. Or else. That's how communists work. It's how Marxists work. They always have, they always will. As long as they're able to gain power in any country, they will always operate this way. It's a universal truth, and it's something that we've got to really come to terms with. Um, you know, I do, I want to bring up something that made me laugh today because this has been a very serious show today, and um, I think everybody needs a laugh. So. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this lady, Jojo from Jersey. She's got a foul mouth. <laughs> like anytime I've ever seen her, she's trending for some foul mouth thing she said. Um, but she said, maybe someday transgender people in America will have as many rights as guns do. And this person responded, I can't saw the barrel off my gun. I was laughing way too hard, I have to admit, at that one. Um, you know, maybe unpopular. I thought it was funny, but I thought it was funny. Um Piece of interesting science news, Earth's inner core seems to be slowing its spin. This is not the beginning of the end time, says the Washington Post, but the findings are stoking a debate about the core influence of some of the fundamental parts of our planet. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a total space nerd and a, a nerd about all this type of stuff and a and, uh, big fan of physics. And, you know, I find this really interesting for a number of reasons. Um you know, there's some school of thought that this actually could have something to do with the idea of a pole reversal at some point, which is something Elon Musk has talked about quite a bit. Um, and, you know, pole reversals have happened in history in, in the world, and that's not really in dispute at all in science. But um, what's been disputed is when to expect the next one. Some think we're already past due for it. Others think that we're near the time for it. Others think we're not quite there yet. And that's still out there in terms of school of thought. But there are some people who have thought previously 
that something like a core not having a stable sort of um, you know pattern to the way that it works could be a sign of leading into a pole reversal. Now, if that's the case, you know, yet to find out. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we don't find out. But, you know, that's something I thought was kind of interesting story. If anybody wants to look deeper into it, there you go. Drag Queen performs nearly nude in front of Charlotte Austin All Ages event. I'm not even playing the video. We blurred the images. Um, the video is disgusting. I'm sure some of you guys have seen it. But this is why I told people it was so important to reach out to their legislators to get these laws introduced. We've gotten laws introduced to ban these drag shows. Yes, us, me and my wife in multiple states. OK, we are going to get this banned in so many states and we need your help. If you know a legislator in your state and you know that there's not a bill already introduced for this, please talk to your legislator. I will talk to them. I will call them. I will email with them. We'll do whatever I can to help them or get them the language that they need, but we need to ban these shows. It's sick. I'm not leaving it up for very long. I just, I had to, you know, you want to freeze frame, see what the, the image we blurred it. Um, it's horrific. Okay. What the kid was exposed to at this show, but this is not unique again, because this is the cruelty of progressive Democrats. They want to normalize sexualizing children. They want to normalize a grown man showing his stuff, I have no polite way to say it, to children, as long as it's part of a show, as long as it's fun for the wine moms who have brought the kids. I mean, at some point we need to get real about this. And that's what that's exactly what we plan to do with these laws. Um, let's see if we've got a... Some other stuff to cover here before we go out. Yes, we do. Um, we've got to go to the WEF's idea of the future. So let's take a look at one of these knuckleheads from the World Economic Forum talking about what his future... Virtually no traffic. You can go to different places very efficiently without uh, using cars. There are no cars. Not um, one single car? It's, uh, it's going to be different types of transportation that are... Uh, like I said, environmentally friendly. There will be, uh, it's based on renewable energy. Did you hear that? No cars. You're not going to get to drive. I, I, I like how they always frame things as uh, some sort of, you know, really, really nice action from them. Like it's a gift to us that we're not going to have to drive. Well, I like driving. They don't say, we're, we're not going to let you drive anymore. It's, you're not going to have cars anymore in the future. You know, uh, that makes it sound a lot nice and airier, but it's still tyranny. I mean, I don't care what accent you say it in or how softly you say it. It's still tyrannical what their idea of the future is. They want us to eat the bugs. They want us to stop eating meat. They want us to stop using our gas stoves. They want us to stop using our cars. They want us to stop having babies, stop drinking coffee. I mean, I'm just listing things off the top of my head that they've said in the past like month. Okay. Well, my response to them is very simple. You first. Because all of you people who went to the World Economic Forum went on private jets, you stayed in five-star hotels, you ate meat, you ate big juicy steaks. You continue to have children, you're spending money like crazy, you emit carbon left and right. You fund the biggest scams in the world that you could imagine. I mean, I, I, I don't know how you can respond to these people with anything but you first. Let's see the World Economic Forum stooges on live stream, I want to see them live streamed for the next year. Live stream each one of these people's lives. 
Let's see them live out the values that they want to force on the rest of the world. I think that's fair. Let's see them do it. Maybe they'll get some buy-in. Maybe some people will, will think, you know what? Okay, these people are serious. But they may want to wait till after stroke season. Oh, you didn't know there's a stroke season? Oh, well. So what is this link between influenza, infection, and stroke? Yeah, I didn't know about this either until last year, but it turns out that after flu season, about three or four weeks later, there is a stroke season. And like you said, most of Canada is uh, getting down off of a, of a big uh, hump of, of flu. So now we're starting to see more strokes. And a friend of uh, one of my colleagues actually mentioned that at work the other day. He said, have you noticed how many strokes we're seeing? It's a lot more than usual, it feels like. So anecdotally, we're starting to see that. The good news is, that uh, getting your flu shot reduces your risk of stroke, according to a study from the University of Calgary right here back in November. Tell us more about that. Welcome to stroke season. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You really can't. This is a doctor saying, oh, yeah, we just found out this year. What a dink! We just found out it's stroke season. I mean... <laughs> My, my brain wants to explode, guys. Again, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I really do. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills when I see this stuff. And then directly after I saw this, by the way, I saw this clip, which made me feel even more like I was on crazy pills. It, these people want to put diapers on cows. Global warming theology is kind of funny because it's so stupid. We can control the weather, but it ceases being amusing when they come for your food supply, which is not a joke. And they are. Farmers from all over the world, from Canada to Sri Lanka, are under attack from global warming lunatics. They're being told they have to sabotage their own operations or else they're destroying the planet and they'll be crushed by BlackRock. Here's the latest example. The French dairy giant Danone says it plans to put masks and diapers on cows to trap their flatulence and burps to reduce methane emissions. So is this some kind of French postmodern play on global warming theology? Is this absurdism at work or are they being serious? We're not sure. We thought we'd check with an actual farmer about whether it'll work. Stephanie Nash is a farmer in the state of Tennessee. She joins us to assess. Stephanie, um, you're a dairy farmer. You've got a lot of cows behind you. Um, do you think this would actually work? Would you do it to your cows? Well, Tucker, you know, I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to allow my cows to wear a mask. Um, I'll show yes. you right now what we're dealing with right now. We tried to put one on. So she's not having it. She is struggling no. to oh. breathe. And, you know, it, it, it just doesn't make sense to put a mask on a cow. So what you're saying is that cows have more self-respect than most people in midtown Manhattan on lunch break. Like they're just not going to be masked. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's crazy. I'm a big advocate for agriculture and what we do on our dairy farm. Not only are we doing big things to cut emissions, we have ruminants on our farm that can digest. I love seeing that farmers from Chapel Hill, Tennessee. Fantastic place. Um, but this is for real, guys. These people want to put masks and diapers on cows. And one of the large dairy manufacturers over in Europe has said they're planning on doing this. I, I can't even, I don't want to get into the horrors of that. I really don't. But what I would like to do is make a proposal. Okay. I actually think this is a good idea. I think this is a good idea. You know why? 
I say we take all of these climate activist protesters who are throwing jars of tomato sauce at artwork and stuff like that. I say we take them and instead of putting them in prison, we have them go work at one of these farms, okay, for a couple, maybe a year, maybe two years, and their job is to change the diapers on cows. In fact, we should do this for all the petulant young people who are trying to create chaos like these Antifa rioters in, in Atlanta right now. Let's send them to a cow farm and they get to be the diaper changers with the police guarding it. You know, of course, we don't want to be crazy. We don't want to put the cows in danger. I mean, I think that would be in live stream it. You could actually raise a lot of money. Right. I I would I'd pay pay-per-view to see some of these climate activist Antifa nut jobs have to change a cow's diapers. I think that's hilarious. This would be exactly the mess they deserve for what they've done to our country. And maybe they would actually learn a lesson. Maybe they would stop the lunacy if they had to do a little bit of manual labor and started to check into reality a little bit more. And maybe they'd start to realize how crazy some of their ideas are. And they'd go, you know what? This really isn't very functional. Maybe I need to think a little bit harder about these crazy ideas I've proposed other people do. The more that we look at these activists who expect everybody else to change everything about their lives, they fit one of two categories. They've never actually run an adult life, not one of any note, or they're incredibly filthy rich and usually getting rich off of the scam that they're being very loud about. Al Gore's a good case in point with that since he's made over $300 million on the climate scam. So, you know, I think people need to to really begin to open themselves up to ideas that they have not been open to and maybe forcing these activists to change some cow diapers might be might be the direction we want to look. You know, you never know. Um We've got some great stuff coming this week. So today's show was a little bit rushed and I'm late and I apologize for that, but it's because we've been interviewing or I've been interviewing. I don't know why I say we, I've been interviewing all day uh, medical professionals in the medical industry who, uh, some of which are speaking out anonymously, others on camera about what they've seen throughout COVID and especially with the COVID vaccine and how uh, they perceive what we're going through. Some some of them are vaccinated and regret it. Others are unvaccinated and are telling us the stories of the discrimination involved and the reality of what they see on the ground. So we've been working on that. Um, also spoke with uh, NBA ref legend Ken Maurer yesterday, whose cousin Joe Maurer is one of the best catchers of all time in Major League Baseball. And uh, we've got some great stuff coming up for you guys. I think you all are really going to enjoy it. I appreciate you all watching today. Share the show. And again, if you want to support shows like this, go support Patriot Mobile. Change your cell phone service to Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Robbie Starbuck. Or I'm sorry, it's actually patriotmobile.com slash Starbuck. And you'll get free activation. It's the same service standards as all the major cell phone providers. Switch your cell service, though. Stop giving money to these woke mega corporations who take your money then and turn around and use it for woke projects. Go with a company like Patriot Mobile where they actually take the money on the profit side and they put it into the things that we believe in. They just helped flip untold number of school board seats down in Florida by spending their money and putting their money where their mouth is and standing up for patriotic values. And their cell phone service is fantastic. Okay. And I mean it. 
The trick of these big mega corporations is convincing you that nobody else can compete while Patriot Mobile's competing. It's quick to, to switch. You keep your cell phone number. You get to use your existing phone. It's not hard to do. You get free activation by going to my link. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Starbuck, and you'll get that free activation for your phone lines. Um, they sponsor the show, so they allow us to go do those interviews, like the one you saw with me interviewing the unvaccinated soldiers who became whistleblowers, and that story that blew up. Um, they're, they're the reason we were able to do that with the production crew. So support them. They deserve it. Great Patriot-owned company. And we'll be back later this week.